So over the next several weeks, we will be hearing the Bread of Life Discourse, John chapter 6, which is the most explicit teaching on the theology of the Most Holy Eucharist that we get in the Bible. And this weekend, we kick things off with the story of the feeding of the 5,000, that moment when there was literally not enough food for everyone that was there coming to Jesus. And St. Andrew, our parish patron of all people, voices the dire situation, right? He says, well, here's this little boy who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good are those for so many? And I'd like to look at these words through the lens of our experience at the Mass, because I bet that a lot of people here can kind of identify with St. Andrew we might feel sort of vaguely guilty about the way that we come to Mass or the way that we pray at Mass. Maybe you don't think that you are giving God enough to work with. Perhaps you look at your broken intentions, your little desires, your weak and uncertain faith, your selfish love, and you think to yourselves, what good is this? For so many. How could I set this before the crowds? How can the Lord possibly accept what I have to offer? And on a certain level, that intuition is right and just. God really does deserve our absolute best. As we say in the act of contrition, you deserve all of our love. And so often, we simply do not give him that. But I think that that is where our gospel for this weekend is really encouraging. Jesus is willing to work with what we've got, which is basically nothing. The five loaves and two fish might as well have been no loaves and no fish. They seemed utterly worthless. They seemed completely futile in the face of 5,000 hungry mouths to feed. And that is what we bring to Mass. Basically, nothing. And yet, that is precisely what Jesus is asking us to bring. I was listening to a podcast recently on this topic, this anxiety that sometimes we feel about what we have to offer God in worship. And the priest on this podcast said this amazing statement that I'd like to share with you. The whole point of going to Mass is that we can't worship God properly. Does that surprise you? Now what he meant by that is this. At each and every Mass, Jesus worships God the Father for us. And if we are going to worship God in the way that he has asked us to, with all of the love and with all of the reverence that he really truly deserves, well then we need to be united with Jesus. We need to bring Christ, our priest, the meager and the humble and the poor and the basically nothing, the not enoughness of our lives so that he can take all that and then do something amazing with it. That is the Mass. The liturgy is not about us. 
It's Christ's work. It is his amazing act of worship for us and with us. We contribute all that we have, yeah. But we all know that that is laughably little. And whatever we do have is a gift from God. And yet, just as he did for the 5,000, Jesus is still somehow miraculously making up for the lack. He's filling the gap. Archbishop Fulton Sheen once compared our self-offering at the Mass to the good thief hanging next to Jesus on the cross, who turns to him and he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The thief at that moment obviously has nothing to offer Jesus, and yet Jesus promises him right then and there, today you will be with me in paradise. And isn't that the case for us too? At every Mass, we turn to our Lord Jesus with the tiny little nothing that we have to offer. We bring him our five loaves and our two fish. We bring him a ciborium filled with little tiny white hosts. And we bring him a chalice with a little tiny bit of wine at the bottom. And we place those on the altar and say to Jesus, remember us. And what does Jesus do? Does he laugh at those gifts? Does he turn his nose up at them and say, is that all you got? No. He gladly receives them. He lifts them up. He gives thanks to the Father. He blesses them. He breaks them. And then he multiplies them. He unites our not enough with his divine superabundance. And thus he gives us paradise. The most holy Eucharist, the real presence of Jesus, is nothing less than a foretaste of heaven. What a miracle the Eucharist is. What encouragement and confidence we can and ought to feel when we bring to Jesus the tiny little bit that we do have to offer. So how do we do that? How do we bring him the little bit that we do have to offer? Well, in the document Sacrosanctum Concilium, the document that the Second Vatican Council produced on the sacred liturgy, the church puts it into these three words that maybe you've heard before, maybe you're familiar with them. Full, active, and conscious participation. Now perhaps we need to clarify what those mean because unfortunately they've become sort of like buzzwords that church people just kind of throw around and apply at random. So I'd like to spend the rest of this homily looking at what Vatican II means when it exhorts you and me both to enter into the liturgy fully, actively, and consciously. So first, let's look at full. Full means a total free gift of ourselves. First and foremost, Jesus just wants us to bring ourselves. And much more than just physically being here, he wants us to give him our hearts. He wants us to be fully here. But being fully here is going to look a lot different for wherever you happen to be in your state in life. If you're a young couple wrangling a bunch of kids, then your full participation in the Mass 
will probably take the form of cleaning up Cheerios, separating fighting siblings, and yes, maybe even excusing yourself from church when the kid just won't stop yelling at the top of his tiny little lungs. That's okay. That's you and your family being fully here. And we are glad you are here. God is glad you are here. So be at peace. Or maybe that's not what you're wrestling with. Maybe you're retired. Or maybe you're single. And you don't have kids to wrangle. But you do need to wrangle with your daydreams or with your brunch plans that you're thinking about for some reason. Or the phone that's vibrating in your pocket or the thought of all of those work emails that are waiting for you on Monday. Okay, what do you do with all those? Give them to God fully. Place those things, those things you're wrestling with, on the altar and unite them with Jesus's sacrifice. That's all normal stuff. And it is part of being fully here. We can fully offer everything and anything to the Lord. We can offer him our marriages, our jobs, our hobbies, our successes and failures, our worries. Jesus wants it all. He does not want you to hold anything back from him. Tell him, Jesus, take all this stuff. Unite it with your cross. You can have it to the full. All right, so that's full. Second, active. Active participation. I think that this is the one that gets most misunderstood. And what the church does not mean by active participation is that we should give as many different people as possible useful or visible jobs at the liturgy. Just because you happen to be this weekend's lector, or it's your turn to be an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, or you, you happen to be the altar server swinging the incense, or your family happens to be the one picked to awkwardly bring the gifts up in the middle of Mass, that doesn't mean that you are actively participating any more than anybody else. Where we tend to get confused, I think, is that we mistake active with activity. If we mean activity, as like kind of that visible activity that people are doing, well then very few people here are actively participating in the Mass. Most of you would just be spectators, observing what other people are doing up on the stage, right? But the sanctuary is not a stage. None of us can sit back and just look at the liturgy happening. We're being invited into it, gathered up into it, even if we don't have a quote-unquote job to do. Besides, your prayerful participation is the most important job anyone could do at Mass. Our verbal responses, and with your spirit, thanks be to God, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. They're not just liturgical formulas that we memorize and then repeat. They're supposed to be active prayers. What our bodily motions, our liturgical gestures, they're not just habits or just liturgical rote, empty traditions. No, they actively communicate something to God. The human person is both body and soul. So when we kneel, when we stand, when we sing to the Lord, it means something. 
we are showing our reverence and our love for God, and we are actively doing so. Pope St. Pius X, the first person to coin the phrase active participation, puts it this way, if you wish to participate in the Mass actively, you must follow with your eye, heart, and mouth all that happens on the altar. When acting in this way, you have prayed Holy Mass. That's beautiful. All right, so let's turn to our third and final little thing that we bring to Jesus, our conscious participation. Conscious participation involves understanding and being personally aware of what's happening at Mass. God our Father actually wants us to perceive, at least at some level, what is happening. He wants us to know the depth and the breadth of the love that he has revealed to us through his son Jesus. And that is the love we see, the love of Jesus on the cross, offering himself at every Mass. Now you might be thinking, Father, I don't know any theology. I don't understand it. How can I be consciously aware of all of the mysterious things happening? That's your job, not mine. Well, to that I would say, no, you don't have to know everything, and you don't have to understand everything. Nobody does. But regardless of where you are at in your journey of faith, you can still be consciously participating. You can still assume a posture of conscious receptivity. And what do, you, what do I mean by receptivity? Well, totally available and open, listening, waiting for the Lord to reveal something to you or allow him to convict you. We can always consciously look to God for help and for clarity. We depend on him totally. We can and should ask his Holy Spirit to come and help us so that we can receive whatever understanding and knowledge he wants us to have. We owe it to the Lord to give him this little bit, which is really, when it comes down to it, everything that we have, our full, active, and conscious participation. Jesus gave everything to us, so how can we hold anything back from him? Why would we ever want to allow love to go unloved? What more could we possibly ask for? St. John Vianney once said it this way, There's nothing so great as the Eucharist. If God had something more precious, he would have given it to us. But he doesn't. There's nothing else. There's nothing he's holding back from us. God has given us everything in his son Jesus. So give him everything in return.